0: This is the Authentic Entrepreneur's Podcast with your host, Nick Foley and Stu Saunders. Here we go. This is what I got to say. So welcome back to episode two of the Authentic Entrepreneur with my friend Nick Foley. Happy to be here. Good to see you, man, again. Good to see you again. Um, last week's episode was amazing, it was incredible May I say, stupendous?
1: You may say that, um, and I believe you were right It was really good, we had a good episode, my friend I think it is, I mean, we have to say that Imagine if you started a podcast and said, you know what, that episode was shit
0: It would, it would be, <laughs> it would not be We had, a, we had over, over 14 listeners
1: Yeah, exactly I and think we
0: had 14 listeners and 3 views My
1: mom admitted that she put it on but didn't listen So uh, I'll be talking to her about that
0: I have to admit I, I fully took that uh the small listener idea from my friend Scott and Allison Stratton uh from the on Unpodcast who constantly say they have seven listeners and I know they have thousands. Um and if we could be half as successful as those two in their podcast um, very successful um who have done more than 200 episodes um then we're we're going to be pretty great man.
1: And very successful entrepreneurs in their own
0: right. Yeah, the Unpodcast on marketing, on selling, on branding, yeah. uh amazing authors, amazing human beings. Um you know, I also, I failed last episode to thank our producer, Mikey, who uh, makes you and I look and sound, well, sound. I don't know about look. Side profile. He, I'm he, a tough side profile. And you can't do much about... The nose. About your nose. <laughs> what, what are you saying, man? You said it. Yeah, um, that's a good point. Right. I want to go way back. I want to go way back in this episode to, um, there's a, a buddy of mine, Alex Sharfin, who I know, uh, I met him um a number of years ago, at a big event I was at, and uh, he has a thing called the EPT, which is the entrepreneurial uh, type, um, entrepreneurial personality type. So look up, look up Alex Sharp and look up uh, EPT, and he talks about um, he talks about how there are certain people who are actually born with a different DNA of sorts, um, which is they're born to be entrepreneurs. They're born to. Uh, they're born with a different type of hustle they're, they're probably misunderstood they're probably a little bit uh, wired a bit differently um, I don't think you can necessarily teach entrepreneurship um, I think you can teach self-employment going back to last episode too but I don't think you can teach entrepreneurship as something that is I think it's something you have to you have to have in in your in your blood
1: you know what see I, I couldn't agree more I, I don't think you can teach it but I think entrepreneurship certainly can be learned and and what I mean by that is you, you can are learn
0: to be an entrepreneur.
1: I, I, I th- now, here's my point. What I mean by that is you can be, you can learn to be an entrepreneur through experience, through osmosis, through the scars, through the trials, the tribulations, all the ups and downs. And so what I'm saying is, you as an entrepreneur 26 years ago are not the same entrepreneur you are now in today's side. Because if no. you were, you wouldn't be you wouldn't be where you are and being able to do what you're doing. But,
0: but. I believe the same blood, entrepreneurial blood, is, has to be there at the beginning.
1: Oh, I, I agree. I, I, I agree with you. But I'm, what I'm saying is that it's, it's a learned process. It's right. the process of going through you know, the ups and downs and the wins and the losses. And, and we know, and you know yeah. just as well as anybody, that the losses are way more prevalent in the wins and early on. And so there's
0: some, there's some things that are, that are commonalities in, 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 in successful entrepreneurs or those who have that EPT. Um, and one day we're going to have Alex on the show and we're going to talk Alex about yeah. what EPT is all about. But um, Alex, if you're listening, we're going to have you on the show. Just know that. Um, but here, here's, here, here, here's a couple things I think that entrepreneurs have or have to have. One is a desire to do things themselves. And by that I mean... They look at something and they say, "I can do this myself. I can do it better. I can do it differently. I can do. I don't like what's being done." Yep. So they have that. Number two, they typically do not do well in in schooling, in standard, uh, you know, school. That's just the way it, they don't. They don't do well in a the classroom. They don't do well um, in a, in that institutional environment. They typically do not do well in it. And I don't think it's a bad thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, so those, those are three things, I think. So I think those are three things. What did I say was? Number one was the… Desire
1: to do things differently themselves. Yeah. number two was… Is they, they don't do well in, you know, conforming, like, classrooms, things of that nature. Yeah, and number Not three… Not to say that class all classrooms are… No, no, but they probably don't…
0: Like, I don't think, like, the standard yeah, rows of classes, exactly. lecture, listen, yeah. repeat, regurgitate. I don't think that's… Regurgitate, sorry. I don't think that is what, what they would do. And yeah. then number number three is they probably have… It would probably all be labeled mm-hmm. in, in, in on some scale of the ADD, ADHD mm-hmm. type of, of, of scale. So, question for you. Uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you my story quickly and then I'm going to ask you that same question too. So, what I wanted to ask was, what well, we were talking about it before we started recording, was what was the first time you felt that entrepreneurial um, bug? Mm-hmm. When were you first bitten by it? So, I'm going to go way back. I'll go way back to sixth grade. That was the first time that I decided that I was going to be an entrepreneur. I didn't say, I didn't write it in my journal. I didn't keep a journal back then. I went in grade six. I thought keeping a journal was not cool for a guy to do or a diary. Back in the day, we called, the girls called it, and guys would never do that. Things have changed. That was 1970. uh, uh, It was a long time ago. (laughs) Um, But um, I wanted to make a movie. funny enough, I've now made movies. Mm -hmm. I've now made a couple movies um, with some great support from my friends at Stature Films, and and we've made a couple of really cool movies. Documentary films have been shown at Cineplex theaters and around the country. Um, but I want my first, it was a Western. I was like a Western. So I wrote the script for the Western. Um, I then convinced my entire sixth grade class, for the most part, that they were going to be in this film. I then collected books. I told every kid in my class to collect every book they didn't want book, comic book, encyclopedia, because again, this is 1970 blah, blah, and books were a big deal. I took all those books in boxes, convinced my dad to put it into his Toyota. We drove down to City Lights Bookshop (laughs) in London, Ontario, and I sold all these books at the secondhand bookshop, raised enough money to buy some Super 8 film, Super 8 uh, film, which is, this is before video, before, I always think it's so funny how it's so easy now. Like, we're literally, we have a world-class studio Mm -hmm. that I set up for less than $10,000. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that's amazing, right? So, but we made this. We filmed for a day. I honestly don't have any idea what happened to the film. Um, I wasn't in the film. I, w- I didn't have a part in the film. I was the director, the creator, the writer, the producer, the whatever. Uh, I was the cameraman. I was a cinemat- my little. My, we got this. From my grandma. I didn't have any sound. I didn't realize that. But the camera had no sound, so it was like an old, old <laughs> uh, silent film. Um, and I recorded. It. I don't know what happened to it. No, but the point was. The film part was cool, but what I got pumped about was selling these books and and convincing my friends to bring these books in and I could sell them. Second half of the entrepreneurial thing, same year, grade six, we could take our bikes back when kids rode bikes down to the factories, which were about a 10 to 15 minute bike ride from our house. And there was a Frito-Lay factory down there. Frito-Lay, Lays, potato Chips. And they would throw out all the misprinted bags of chips. Yep. So we knew when to go down, me and my buddy, and he wanted them because he wanted to eat the Doritos and the and the Frito, the Frito-Lays, those, those awful corn, chip <laughs> yeah, corn chips. Yeah, corn chips, yeah. Uh, and the plain Lay chips, and Hostess Frito chips. Anyway, he wanted to, he wanted to eat them. I wanted them because I could take all those chips, bring them back to my sixth grade class, and sell them at lunchtime for 25 cents a bag.
1: Entrepreneurship,
0: yes, I love it. Right? So I would make enough money from that to buy more super eight film that i had to order by mail because no one sold it in our community uh to make this film which never got made don't happen to it but i got hooked on the idea of making something yeah. making money making money off creating something about doing something so i want to make the film that was my purpose but i got excited i could get people to buy things that i was selling and that's where i first got it and mm-hmm. then i went to that and then i created a, 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 a had tour, a tourism company called City Sound Tours and we ran trips to Cats we ran trips to uh, Blue Mountain we ran trips to uh, Mount St. Anne I was in grade 9 and I'll never forget we had an office, me and my buddy Johnny and he was not really into it he just wanted to hang out, he wanted to have fun he wanted to go see Cats, we were kind of theater kids yeah. he wanted to go see Phantom of the Opera in Toronto so he literally, this is a true story so our first ever trip was to Cats the bus breaks down I'm 14 years old my parents their friends we got a we got a, a busload of adults and two 14 and 15 year old kids running this trip <laughs> we're broken down in the 401 we have no we have a cell phone cuz it's it's 1995 1994 we don't have a cell phone we have no way we're on the we're on the cb radio trying to get a bus to pick us up there's no air conditioning it's super hot we solve the problem we get everyone on a new bus we get down just in time to enter the theater to watch Cats I loved it man I was freaking excited I was so pumped up oh my god so I realized that was it I'm going to run a tour company City Mm -hmm. Sound Tours which was City Sound came from my DJ company in grade 8 where I was City Sound DJs um, and I had a home stereo system I used it was hilarious I used to blow the speakers every time I did a dance but, um, and then the, the part was we, we were setting up our, our, our third trip and it was to Mount St. Anne for March break and uh, no it wasn't March break it was for yeah it was for March break it was Mount St. Anne for March break and we had sold. Uh, we had a couple of reps. I, I got reps in other schools, and we were going to sell this trip. and It was like one hundred ninety nine bucks. You got a hotel for two nights, and you got your lift pass, or something like that. Anyway, but the point was, we are selling this thing, and then this dad calls us, and he goes, "I'm just wondering what your registration number is with the government for your tourism company." Uh, what? What? <laughs> My tourism number? What? We were so panicked that he was going to call. I don't know the holiday cops on us. Yeah. That we shredded everything <laughs> we had. We found that we had a shredder, and it was it was my it was my buddy Johnny's cousin's office. It was a beautiful lot. We had this. We had a big. Op, we were there on Saturdays. No one was there. We would make we had we would photocopy stuff, uh, and we shredded everything that we owned, so we would never get caught audited. And we canceled the trip. And we found everyone. But I remember sitting down with uh, with my buddy's dad, and he said, "You're not an entrepreneur. Really, You can't run a business. You don't know what you're doing," and that just fueled me. Yeah. Absolutely. That literally just fueled me. So before the age of 14, I'd already run four businesses. Yeah. And it literally, I just, I I knew that's what I wanted to do. Like, I mean, for a while I wanted to be an airplane, couldn't do that uh, because it was an airplane. I literally told my mom I wanted to be an airplane and and she said, do you want to be the pilot? I said, no, (laughs) I want to be the plane. Uh, And then for a while I wanted to be um, a marine biologist because I wanted to swim with dolphins because I used Mm -hmm. to watch Flipper and I thought that's what marine biologists did. And then I, of course, wanted to be an actor because everyone wants to be an actor. I saw Annie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to be, I that'd be cool, not to be Annie, but to be in the movies. Um, and then finally, I wanted to be a radio um, guy, which is kind of funny because I went to school for broadcasting. I, I, I failed out. This is a bit of my story. Sorry, I kind of got carried on my story here. And, yeah, and, and I want to hear your story too, um, Nick. So you interrupt me and stop me anytime you want. But uh, so uh, the, the last thing I graduated from was, was eighth grade. Yeah. So I didn't graduate anything past grade eight. I didn't graduate from high school. Um, I, when I, I went to high school, uh, I remember missing uh, classes. I didn't miss classes because I was smoking drugs or I was hanging out of the mall. Um, I missed classes because I wanted to do student council stuff. And I remember specifically that I was lucky enough to have uh, two administrators, my principal and, and my assistant principal of my high school, who really believed in me and supported me. And I remember that when my principal, my, my math teacher... My grade 11 math teacher, who I was taking now for the second time in the course, I failed it the first time, he came to the office and he said, uh, Stuart needs to be expelled. He's missed over 50 classes. Uh, He's a bad example. And my principal said, I'm not expelling him. He'll be fine. His class is student council. That's his courses
1: and that's, a, that's a, like what a great mentor right yeah. without even knowing he was your mentor at the time no I mean, idea looking back now you're like wow
0: I'm going to come back to that one second because I'll wrap this up in a second but if I didn't have him this wouldn't happen so I didn't graduate high school took some time off worked for a couple of years worked for a year and went back to school as a mature student for radio which is funny now because my dream really I think my one dream outside of being an entrepreneur was being on radio mm-hmm. and now here are, you and I are yeah. doing a podcast which is the new radio yeah exactly Podcast is the new radio. Man. That's that's what it is. Um, but fast forward, you know, if, if there are people in your life who believe in you,
1: yeah,
0: you should embrace that as an entrepreneur. Um, if someone buys into you, if someone supports you, if someone works for you, support them. Mm-hmm. Let them support you, but but also support them. Like also buy into that. Take that. Embrace that. Because the funny thing was, we ran an event last year. The Global Student Leadership Summit. Yeah. We had close to 1,800 kids from 15 different countries come to this conference. First time ever. It was amazing. 50 plus speakers. Some of the best. Some of the best. <laughs> um, some of the best keynote speakers I've ever seen at an event. I mean, I'm being biased for sure, but it was incredible. Like, and everyone said we didn't have a bad review. We didn't have a, We had a bad review about too many pastries at breakfast, but literally outside of that, we had no bad reviews the whole event. But the best part of the whole thing is you need people to understand that you're different. Entrepreneurs are different. Yeah. And if someone sees that in you and someone recognizes that you as an entrepreneur, you need to love that and embrace that because that day at that conference, I remember being on stage at the opening ceremonies and I was up on stage and I was just thanking people for coming. I was only on stage briefly, yep. the whole event. I think it was a stage total of about six minutes because I don't need to be on stage. Mm-hmm. I don't need to be in I don't need to be the, the, the spotlight. But I remember looking out on the stage and in the front row was my principal and my vice principal, my assistant principal, 30 plus years after I finished high school, who are still coming, now in their 80s, yeah. to support me.
1: Amazing moment, yeah. I can
0: imagine. Right? But entrepreneurship is something that's it's, it's in your blood. Yeah. It's, it's something that I think you, you, you don't need an alarm clock to wake up in the morning. No, I agree. You know, like you get up in the morning because you are passionate about what you're doing. You don't need to have an alarm. You don't set an alarm every five minutes. You don't need a group to, to motivate you to get up. You don't need, um, there's no self-help book that's gonna get you up in the morning. You get up because whatever it is you're doing, you're so freaking passionate about that you, you don't wanna miss a day of it, right? That was what, what it was when I was making that movie. I was so pumped up. It's that, you know, I call it the Christmas morning feel whether you celebrate Christmas or not in your audience, doesn't really matter. You know what I'm talking about. It's that birthday morning feel. It's that first day of summer vacation feel where you just, you, you get up as a kid, right? You, you get up at four o'clock in the morning because you just know this is all you want to do. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. This is all you want to do. This is all you give a shit about. Yeah. And you'll do anything you can to f- facilitate that goal moving forward.
1: Well, I, 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 and speaking to that, I mean, I can't remember, and I'm sure you could probably echo it. I, I can't remember a time where I haven't seen 6 a.m., you know what I mean? And that's even... That's yeah, it's on like, holidays. Oh, and, I, and my wife says, stay in bed. Yeah, yeah. And then it's 8 a.m. Absolutely.
0: But that's like the latest I've gotten up in forever.
1: Well, that's a mean. So, but circle just uh, intro, I'll, I'll put you on the spot here. I know we when we talked about it, you know, briefly in the last episode, we were very fortunate. We have a, a great support system. But you, you talk about your, your principal and your vice principal being there and then supporting you. And, and, and then 30 years later being yeah. able to thank I, I remember that moment, actually. I was at that conference and I, and I remember um, actually being, you introduced me to him. Fabulous, fabulous men who've done really amazing stuff in their own right. You know, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So a question for you though, student not to put you on the spot, but who is uh, a person or maybe two people, maybe even three that you can remember at a young age that really helped you in your entrepreneurial journey? Now, it could be motivated you in a negative way or in a positive way, but someone that you can look back and be like, it was that conversation or it was that person that took me aside or it was someone like my vice principal, my principal, who said, no, no, he's going to be okay. His class is student council. Who can you think of? You know, apart from... You know our support system we have now and like we said you know we've got great wives and kids and, and things of that nature we're both very fortunate in that capacity but getting you to where you are now who is two or three people you know I don't put you on the spot but two or three people you can look at and be like ah it was it was them that really helped me get to where I am
0: you know I grew up at a time where it wasn't cool to be an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurship was a bad word. Being an entrepreneur was like you're a failure. Like entrepreneur was like you couldn't get a job. Yeah, it was like, oh, you're a quote unquote entrepreneur. So you're, like, unemployed. you're unemployed, you're a loser. Entrepreneur <laughs> was like, cool, it's hip, right? Like yeah. throw it in your Instagram. I say it all the time, throw it in your Instagram. Well they're bio. the
1: they're the athletes now, right? Like right? they're the rock stars, the athletes. Entrepreneurs the are actors. rock stars. Absolutely.
0: They are that's exa- Nick, that's bang on. Yeah. Entrepreneurs are rock stars. I think for me, probably the person that I connected with most I mean, I was ridiculous. So, I remember when I was, I was the only kid who watched the CFL. If you're American listening to this or outside of Canada, the CFL, probably Canadians too may not know. The CFL is the Canadian Football League. Mm -hmm. And I watched the CFL because we had no cable in our house. So, we only got one channel. It was the CBC. And the CBC was CFL. And I remember going to school on Mondays and my buddy's like, did you watch that Raiders game? Did you watch that 49ers game? I'm like, did you guys watch the Argos game in the week? And no one knew what yeah. like, I was And I was upset because the Argos didn't have good, I'm getting to my, your question. The Argos did not have big turnouts. They'd have half full stadiums, right? And I was convinced, and I'm talking, I'm in grade eight here. So I was convinced that the reason why they weren't successful, successful was, and I still do, is they don't appeal to a younger audience. Mm-hmm. Right, they're holding on to this 1970s CFL that used to be super successful, used to fill stadiums, bigger than the NFL in the early 70s. Um, but that's they wanted the old people. And I said, You need to get young people. So I actually, without internet, without internet, found out the phone numbers for the Argo's head office in Toronto, and I called them as a 13 year old boy and said, I have the solution for you to fill your stadium. Didn't tell them I was 13 said, I have the solution. I don't want any money for it, but I want you to listen to me. They made an appointment that day for me to go down and meet the VP of marketing and sales for the Toronto Argonauts as a 13-year-old kid. I convinced my father to drive me down. I was in grade seven. Sorry, I was in grade seven. I convinced my father to drive me to Toronto. So I went down to Toronto. We worked it into a a trip with see grandma and grandpa. And I walked into the head off of the Toronto Argonauts as a 13-year-old kid, and I sat in the waiting room, and I said, I'm here to see the VP of marketing, whatever his name was, can't remember. And they looked at me like I was an alien.
1: Yeah, you lost.
0: And I said, I have an appointment, my name is Stu Saunders. I looked at the little calendar, a little paper, and they said, yes, you do, at 2 o'clock. And I walked to that guy's office, and he was freaking, thought it was a joke. Really? So I sat down with this guy in, his, in a big chair in his big office with all the Argos memorabilia and all the awards and all the pictures of the Great Cup and everything else around me. And I told him my plan of how you were going to create a better audience for the CFL, for the Toronto Argonauts. And I gave that spiel to him for about 20 minutes straight. He listened to everything I said. And I said, you need to have a dollar tickets for kids. so They come with a parent. I told him all these things. You need to have, go to high schools. I need to like have CFL players. I told him all this stuff. And I had all this written out. I had this little report that I typed out on a typewriter. <laughs> yeah. no um, oh, dot matrix printer, because it was dot, we had dot matrix printer at my elementary school. And I remember him looking at me and said to me, he said to me, So this is this is back to your story. He looked at me, this VP I had never told this story before. Uh, he said, You are one crazy kid. And I didn't know how to take that. Yeah. And he said, I cannot believe, How old are you? I said, I'm thirteen. And he said, you've got some good ideas here, how to solve our problem. And he took some notes. He actually wrote things down on his, on his little book that he was writing. And he said, I don't, I don't, I don't know. And I, I offered to work for them.
1: Yeah.
0: I said, I can be your junior vice president. <laughs> like, I'll come do- start small. I'll come down on weekends. I'll work <laughs> yeah. on weekends. And, and I never got the job. But I remember he gave me like a foam finger and a seat pad and a mug. And he gave me two tickets to the next game, which I never got to go see, because my dad wouldn't go back the next weekend for the game. But I remember him saying to me, kid, you are going to do incredible things. Keep dreaming. Never stop dreaming. Never stop pursuing your ideas. I don't know who that guy was. Don't remember his name. But I remember that I walked out going, that was awesome. And I got a foam finger. Yeah,
1: (laughs) exactly. Right?
0: That was awesome.
1: Hi, welcome back to the Authentic Entrepreneur with Stu and Nick. S- Stu, we've got into some really interesting. Uh, I asked you a couple uh, minutes ago about people who've really inspired you, and I was really into that, listening to that story about uh, going down to the, the vice president of marketing uh, at the Argos. So let's 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 pick that up. Let's let's elaborate on on, on that, and, and and who else has inspired you as early on in your entrepreneurial journey? Well, we
0: were talking during the break about you said you asked me like, why did I? How did I? What did you said you yesterday. You said, "How did I?" Well, where did you get the the
1: um, and yeah? You said a great thing. Where do you get the I don't want to say gumption, but where did you get the the foresight to be like, "I'm just going to call them"? And at thirteen years old, at thirteen years old, and not care like for for me. I mean, just thinking about the, like calling someone out of the blue and being like, "Hey, can I have a moment of your time?" I mean, it's 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 hard, right? Like, I mean, we've all done it, but I mean, uh, you had a great answer for that. So, where did you get that kind of thirteen that foresight to be like, "Yeah, just going to take matters in my own hand You're and ready? call them." You ready? You
0: yeah. ready for the answer? I am. Because I didn't know I couldn't. That's great. Yeah. I didn't know I couldn't. I didn't know that there was... Part of being an entrepreneur, you have to have blind optimism. Sure. Right? Yeah. If you're, you want to be an entrepreneur, man, you got to have the most blind optimism on the planet. You cannot... Um, you cannot overthink things. Mm-hmm. Because if you overthink stuff as an entrepreneur, you're screwed. If you spend months and months and months with your business plan and your... And your contingency contingency plan, and your backup plan, and your third backup plan, and your plan or C exit strategy. Yeah. Exit strategy. Uh-huh. I think you need an exit strategy as sure. you after you've grown your business. After you grow it, but when right? you're starting it, you shouldn't be thinking about how much money I'm making. When I get out of this. No, you right? should be
1: thinking about your next
0: meal. Exactly. So for me, it's like when we started our camp. People always say, you know, how did you uh, when I when I got when we got our first actual facility that we owned, facility that we owned up in up in Aurelia on Lake Simcoe. Um, We'd rented places for the previous 11 years. Um, I took this leap to take over this 60 plus acre site for 12 months of the year. We were renting it for four weeks. And someone said, what was your plan? How did you, like, how are you going to pay for it? I literally said, I had no idea. Yeah. I had no idea. So why'd you do it? I just figured it would work out. Yep. (laughs) Right? Because that's, entrepreneurship is not thinking about, I never once have I ever thought about People always ask me how much money can you make? I don't know. I, I'm the worst. I and I at this Tony Robbins event I was at talked about last episode. You know, one of the things he talked about was you should know your numbers. You should know your your profit margins. You should know your losses. You should know your expenses. You should know this stuff, right? You shouldn't allow your accountants just to know it for you should understand why they're doing it because if you don't have a lot of cash flow you're screwed you can make profit and have no cash flow and go bankrupt mm-hmm. which I've learned about now that I've been in business 26 years so I build a business up that makes we do millions of dollars in business every yeah. year and it's not millions of dollars in profit it's a big difference yeah. huge it's difference we do millions is, yeah. of dollars in business our gross is very different than our net Sure, but I went into everything with this blind optimism to think I can do this I can do this um I don't know how, but I know I can. Mm-hmm. The second person I wanted to throw to you asked me the question of who inspired me, who uh, helped me, get, got me to where I'm going to go, where, I, where I've gotten to, um, was when I was in grade eight again, I went to, uh, sorry, when I was in grade 13, not grade eight, grade 13, I went to New York City with a class trip. Uh, grade 13 is what we used to have the fifth year of high school OEC now it's called the Victory Lap if you're in Ontario um, but grade 13 is something you did um, and we went to New York City with a class trip and I remember for the first time seeing a Virgin Record store yeah. in New York City and I thought it was hilarious like Virgin Records sounded funny and I remember kind of doing a bit of research going into the shop and finding out that Virgin Records is a Richard Branson guy and he was you know not what he is today he was growing but it wasn't what it was today And uh, this is 20, sorry, this is 30 years ago. Um, And I'd found out that he had dropped out of school. He was dyslexic and he had no formal education. And as a kid who felt like he wasn't going to graduate from grade 13, he was quote unquote stupid, who was never going to go to post-secondary education. At the time, I didn't think I was going to go for broadcasting, which I got kicked out of school too for broadcasting. Another episode? Another episode. <laughs> um, only did one semester of college. Um, but I thought, he's worth millions of dollars. And he has a whole life he's built. And he's a failure, according to common standards. right? No, no university degree. No college diploma. No formal education. Dyslexic. So... I think probably if I was to look back at what inspired me, it was realizing that there was someone who I felt was like me, not that I'm saying I'm Richard Branson, but someone had a similar story that, you know, wasn't, because you can't, you don't go to university, you can't go to university for entrepreneurship. No. There not. are courses you can quote unquote take. Yeah. That's bullshit. There's no course. The, the guy in college or university who's teaching entrepreneurship.
1: Yeah. Has a degree in a business. Not a. you know what I mean?
0: Unless he's 65 years old and built a huge business and sold it off. And now he's just teaching because he wants to. Yeah. That guy I listened to, mm-hmm. but the thirty-year-old guy who's teaching entrepreneurship, yeah. who's never ran a business in his life, it goes back to the guy who's never had a failure and teaches about dealing with failure. Who never has never taken a risk. Teaches about talking about fear. The fat guy who does your your personal training. The guy who watches the NHL on Saturday nights is a hockey coach. Yeah. BS, right? So to see someone like Richard Branson who had a similar story in that not 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 a scholastic academic guy. But built a business, I think it was the first time I realized maybe I can do that too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So,
1: you know what? Well, uh, let's just wrap this up and we can get into it the next episode. I mean, hey, this is why we're doing it. We can call the shots, right?
0: Make our own rules. We can call the shots (laughs) about being an entrepreneur. If you're getting into entrepreneurship, here's my little bit of wisdom. If you're getting into entrepreneurship, Nick, you'll agree. To have free time <laughs> oh, and <yes. laughs> have the free choice that you want to do yeah. and take all the vacations you want to take. Two hour work weeks and things. Two of that hour nature. four. The four. I love yeah. Tim. I love Tim Ferris, yeah. But there's no four hour work week yeah. in in uh, in running a business. <laughs> there uh, there there is there is none of that. So if you're getting into that, get out now.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Get out
0: now. Go download different podcast and enjoy it. Yeah. Because it's okay if you're not a, an entrepreneur. But if you are an entrepreneur, next week we're gonna. We're going to talk about Nick's story.
1: Well, we'll dive into this a little bit further and we'll go from there but they can reach us at the Authentic Entrepreneur at me and, uh, and Stu, Nick Foley, Stu Saunders.
0: Uh, what's, your, what's your, again, what's your uh, email address?
1: Well, uh, email address, nick at nickfoley.ca or you can hit me up on Instagram at uh, nick underscore foley1. I think that's my Instagram. I
0: don't know. Entrepreneurship, man. You should know this. Yeah, know I should. You I should know this. Cut. Bye. <laughs> what I got to say.